Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello, and welcome to HR After Hours podcast, the only HR podcast forced to put itself on an action plan for inappropriate behavior <laughs> and unpredictable attendance. Hannah okay. Hampton, my sister from another Mr. H squared. Girl, talk Hi. to me. How are you? Oh, that was a good one. Since we have been a little, uh, we haven't published a, a new uh, recording in a while. So I guess, yes, we should accept the write-up. I'll, I'll sign off on it. I agree with it. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> so I have to admit the reason that there has been this last week without a new episode is I took on the production responsibilities for that episode. <laughs> Somehow managed to lose the entire recording. I mean, <laughs> epic fail by the mixer. I lost an entire episode. I'm sorry, Anna, you're not going to get that hour and a half of your life back. And I know you and I both have been working hard this first quarter and we're tired. And when I realized it happened, we were both kind of like, yeah, it happened. Yep. And we're like, okay, we just move on. <laughs> we just moved on and re- re-recording wasn't an option. We were, our schedules were full. Yeah, that happened. True story. I don't know about you, but I've got spring fever. We talked about how, how crazy the first part yes. of the year's been. Tell me what's up with you. I've got some PTO starting soon. So I am just focusing on that. I totally have spring fever. I'm ready for some to unplug and have some time away. What about you? Completely fried. We're going to be really close to each other on vacation. Yeah. And may even hang out. So that'd be kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe we should just go like mountain climbing or something. Let's. Let's tackle Everest. Well, let's do it. We'll start with baby steps, and I hope we could hang while we're both on vacation. That would be pretty awesome. That would be great. That would be nice. There was a recent poll that said one of the terms that people hate at work is, quote, unquote, the new normal. <laughs> Went a little viral, I think, last week. But let's talk about the new normal. Um <laughs> You know, hybrid work models. How do we get back to, how do we find the sweet spot, Hannah, coming back to work? How do we find the the right balance, the flexibility? Let's talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. You know, I work in the tech industry. So remote options, I don't want to say remote only, but remote options are, I feel like are expected now for our industry. I think it's just we're all dealing with a, a, a new work world. I don't want to call it a new normal, but the, a, the new work environment. <laughs> there, I've changed it to the new work world, new work environment of uh, expectations because, you know, there was always reasons uh, in the before times to not go remote and we were forced to do it and it worked for many people and people don't want to give that up. And I, you know... I don't blame them. If you have found something that works really well for you and for your life, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I do a hybrid work and I've been in my office a couple of times. And when I'm in my office, I don't get shit done <laughs> or it doesn't feel like it because I feel like there's always people coming to me. We're always talking and maybe it's one of those things where we hadn't seen each other in a while, but we we're in a new, we're just in a new world and companies are going to have to adjust to that. There's definitely been this resurgence, the increase in popularity mm-hmm. of the thought or the philosophy that people want to work to live versus live to work. A hundred percent. It's funny is I've had all, you know, how certain things just seem to pop up 
to where you you realize them or notice them and it sometimes they're related and it's like the universe is kind of slapping you in the face a little bit i do define myself sometimes by work and the challenge is you know when someone walks up to you and says tell me a little bit about you the challenge is not to lead with what you do for a living yeah and oh, for sure a lot of us, that's our default setting, right? I am an HR manager and recruiter. I, you know, I'm a hiring specialist. I'm a, a consultant. Whatever it is, that's not what it's asked. It's tell me about yourself. Tell me a little mm-hmm. something about Hannah Hampton. I, I bet most of the time you would start to, at least as a reflex, respond with what you do for a living. Now it's time to find that that balance. And then I like the term sweet spot. If you find just that right, that right balance, that right mix, you can pull off work-life balance, one of the most misused terms, one that HR and hiring managers hate. First of all, I'm just cracking up. When you're talking about how introducing yourself is not the work you do, it makes me think of the classic movie, Legally Blonde. And she's like, hi, I'm Elle Woods. And this is Bruiser Woods. And we're both Gemini vegetarians. (laughs) And uh, I like, no, I, I just kind of want to introduce myself as that. No, but no, you're, you're so right. I feel like that pe- I, people really have rethought about what's important to them in their lives. And, you know, I feel like specifically or especially in the United States, like we're always known as the country that works really hard. And, you know, like in Europe, they they definitely have a lot more of a, you know, they, they don't they look at work differently. They have a lot more like time off legally. You have to provide time off in the United States. You don't legally have to provide paid time off, you know, so they look at things a little differently. And I think finally the United States has started to realize like, hey, maybe there's more to life than just my job. And I can do other things. And there's more to life than, you know, commuting for an hour each way, you know, two hours a day. And there's more to life than, you know, this than, you know, working 12, 13 hour days. So it put us in a, in a new place. And I'm okay with that. I, I feel like that nine to five schedule, the, you know, working 40 hours a week, uh, that was created a long time ago. The world was a different place, you know, three years ago. But we were still following uh, schedules that were created 100 years ago. So we're really now taking a look at, well, does this truly make sense? Is this going to help productivity or not? Do we need to be working less hours? Do we need a four-day work week? So I just feel like it's it's really opened people's eyes to to something different. And I'm all for it. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things we can do to make work easier, which I guess sounds weird to say it that way, to get the the maximum throughput, to be able to get the, the most productivity out of your people with them being the happiest. There's no like specific model that's going to work because as I think people are, are almost tired of hearing us say, um, is you really do have to not only manage to the individual, but this this hybrid work model for it to really work has mm-hmm. to be as catered to the individual as possible because yeah. what makes Hannah Hampton happy is not necessarily the same as what makes Mick happy. And sure. it's funny is I know there are several, the types of people that we know and the types of people that typically listen to us, even when you were saying that a, a 40 hour work week really doesn't need to be the normal, I know there are some of us that are going, I'd like to just work 40 hours. 
but I mean, because we're that's yeah. how we're programmed because we want to be successful. Quote another favorite movie of ours, Office Space. We don't want to just get a buy get by with the bare minimum flair, right? So <laughs> I don't think most of the people that are in our industry, specifically, I know ourselves, we're not forty hour clock watchers. So it's even a bigger challenge to figure out what's the what's the the right balance. If we don't even know what the right balance is for us as individuals, it's obviously going to be very difficult for the employer to figure it out if this company has 25, 50, 100, 150, 1000, 5000, 50,000 people in it, right? I feel like it ebbs and flows sometimes and you can have a 50-hour work week and then you can have like a 35-hour work week or or whatever that is. We should stop the clock watching mentality. Now, of course, of, there's, you know, like I think about retail where obviously there have to be people to open the store and to serve the customers. But I'm thinking in kind of the office environment, I'm thinking specifically tech, that's the world I work in, but it's all, it should be more about the work you do and not the hours you put in or that FaceTime. And I feel like that the remote work kind of really pushed that um, to the forefront because you know, people were be, being able to kind of use the time as they they so chose. I would start really early, whereas like back in the day, I it, it'd be kind of rare to see me, you know, in working in my office at seven in the morning because like sometimes I would go I'd go early to do like a yoga class, but maybe starting at seven so that I could end earlier because I feel like I personally am more productive in the mornings. And by the time the afternoon hits, I'm tired. I feel like my brain's not functioning the way it did earlier in the morning. So I'm a morning person. And then you get people who are on the flip side where they're like, they can't wake up in the morning. They don't, can't get up early. That's just not their thing. And they're more productive in the later part of the day. So why not? Why not have that flexibility to work when you feel like your brain is the sharpest and you're able to be the most productive? And you can, as a company, find that sweet spot again. Man, I really, I'm going to stop using that term now. I've already used I like it in sweet one spot. episode. It's good. But let's say you find this range of hours that we, okay, let's call it the sweet spot. Finding this range of hours, that height of productivity and output where it kind of crosses over. So if you're a morning person, let's say you start to fade around oh, 3.30 and then Bob here is not a morning person and he really hits his stride around one. If we put you guys together in a meeting between one and three, we're still going to catch you when you're peaked. He's peaking. Everyone's happy. But asking him to do a 9 a.m. meeting with you, let's say, obviously, you're not going to get the best out of Bob. Mm-hmm. So sometimes finding those ranges and getting to know our people, do you think, do you think surveys help? So I will say, I will give it a 50% yes. I am a, I'm a fan of surveying people to get their thoughts on things. Sometimes it is hard for people to maybe voice their opinions, especially if they don't feel like it's the popular opinion. So yes, I'd say surveys are great. And also like supervisors should be building trusting relationships with their direct reports. So be talking about it to your manager about here's what works best for me. Here's what's going to make me thrive. So I'd say 50% because like serving people, yes, but also having those conversations is imperative. Another thing that I find really useful is finding out what your team members react to the most positively and adjusting uh, accordingly. And what I mean by that, maybe not having as many department meetings or all hands on deck meeting 
where you can have some more project meetings, people that are assigned to these specific projects. So maybe instead of saying, I like to get with my team every Monday and Thursday, saying one of the once a week, I like to get do a group call. And then another time a week, I like to talk to everyone one on one or mm-hmm. talk to this, the project teams separately, because you may be able to get more out of certain people on those one-on-ones or those team meetings than if you had if you had those group meetings every time because I do think there are people that don't respond as well to the entire group meetings they feel like they don't lump in on as many of these projects maybe some people are are behind others in their development and others or others are ahead of them and so they feel like now they're talking to me the same way as they're talking to Bill there, who can barely find his ass with both hands. <laughs> uh, your top performers can feel neglected by being bunched in with everyone all the time. And definitely if the slower and lower performers are holding certain things back, sometimes the calls can almost become counterproductive, even though you had the yeah. best intention. Because with the hybrid models, we need FaceTime to make it work. But it needs to be quality FaceTime versus quantity. I, I think some people would argue about the FaceTime. I do have, uh, there are some folks who purely do thrive on the 100% remote environment. But I feel like for the majority, I agree. <laughs> oh, well, don't get me wrong. That FaceTime, some of it can be remote. It can be you and I talking on a Zoom and you even say, hey, I know most times we're on calls. Let's turn our cameras on today. Let's chat a little bit. I just want to make sure, you know, I want to check in and go over a couple of things with you. It's not as important to talk to me five times a, a month as it is to just talk to me when we need to talk mm-hmm. and let's have a quality call. I don't need pleasantries because I'm, I'm just, sometimes I'm that person, sometimes I'm not. Yeah, I, to- I totally get that. <laughs> Obviously, the offices aren't going to come back in full capacity. Companies are not going to use as much real estate. We want to, you know, find the win-win for the employer and the employee, the team member, et cetera. Do you have anything that you think could hinder this as being the quote unquote new normal? You know, that's a really, that's a really great question. And it's one of those things where I'm like, I will probably be able to answer in a couple of months because I am spending some time professionally assessing our hybrid work environment in understanding what's working, what's not working, um, you know, are additional tools needed, are additional, uh, you know, pieces of additional policies needed. So I feel like that's something that we, as as I guess the industry, or I, I don't know the best way to put it, we're we're gonna be, it's gonna be a learning process, and we're gonna make mistakes, and we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be that trial and error. But I, I feel like I'll be able to answer that question better in a couple of months. But the the thing I do want to point out is it's not just as easy as like, okay, we're gonna be hybrid now. Good luck. I think you really need to listen to your employees. I think you need to really listen and understand. You know, okay, if if something's working well, how can we lean into it? If something's not, how can we correct it? So I think it's it's going to be a very a very interesting learning process for for companies. Yeah, and I've seen a little bit of it. You know, it's funny. I I knew of just a couple cases where people were really struggling when it wasn't an option, when it was a must, when we mm-hmm. first went into the the first quarantine. There were people that I was surprised didn't struggle to make the remote change. 
And there were a couple I was actually surprised had issues. I don't know of anyone that just, quote unquote, couldn't get it figured out. Right. I don't know of anyone that wasn't able to work with their employer or, you know, get advice from a coworker or even just get updated technically. I always knew there were certain people that would struggle with it that I knew, and I saw that less than I anticipated. I'm not aware of anyone that just couldn't get it done. Ultimately, the majority of people out there have come to realize that there is, in most industries, not all, a way to make this the win-win for them and their employer. And I do think you're spot on that there is going to be some trial and error. I look forward to how this will impact HR from a disciplinary process and accountability process. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone kind of walked on eggshells the first year and a half. We didn't really go into taking any deep dives on expectations and documentation and accountabilities and and the, the hard part of making this work. And now that it's no longer a health issue that's going to create this hybrid, I think that's when we'll really see the mechanics and the trial and errors Mm -hmm. and the feedback from others. And it it could, I mean, it's going to create more and more change than we could even discuss on this particular podcast. I think we're going to see a change benefits, insurance costs. Should you pay the same car insurance if you're not driving into work Monday through Friday? If If you're now putting in instead of 12,000 miles a year on your car, you're putting in five. Yeah. You know, so there's there's definitely impacts we've seen in New York and some of the areas I work in, the businesses that thrived on those those co- morning commuters and coffee and and lunch have had to scale down but found other ways to make money. So the the ripple effect I think is just starting and I think we'll have some some fun little sub genres. Mm-hmm of this particular topic and I look forward to it. Yeah, I I do too. I just, I look forward to seeing just how everything is going to continue to change and adapt to this, this different, this, I'm not going to say new normal, but this different world. And I I just, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Companies and, and people who have that kind of closed mindset about it, like they're, their companies are going to struggle hardcore. And I, you know, I don't know about you, I'm on LinkedIn, and I I love to see what people post. And there was a recruiter who said that they'll, if they read in the news about a company, like forcing people back to the office, they'll recruit from that company, because they know that people don't want 100% in office. And they have made some great hires by poaching from companies that that refuse to to adapt and change to to how people want to work nowadays. So that's also my advice too. If you're in an industry that can allow that hybrid work or some remote aspect and you don't do it, well, expect some turnover. And you're you're gonna have to change the way that you um that you recruit. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people also are gonna be asking, what's what is it? Is this a hundred percent office? Do I have flexibility? So people want that flexibility. People want more kind of control in their schedules and in their lives. Yeah. And I think as you try to figure out, you, the employer, tries to figure out what your hybrid model is going to entail, I think you really need to go back to basics. Be open in your communication. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, don't guard this like it's your precious 
and uh, <laughs> your team wants to know what's going on. So if your answer is right now, we're researching all the options. We're going to be reaching out and asking some of you questions and for feedback. Lead with that. Lead with we've just started the process, if that's the truth. That way, your team knows that you're you're working on figuring it out. You definitely want to have clear, consistent, ongoing communication, mm-hmm. and you want to acknowledge when when you hear from your team. Sometimes it's just the acknowledgement doesn't have to say any more than "thank you for reaching out." We'll take what you've shared with us into consideration. That's it. You don't yeah. have to don't make false promises. But let me ask you a question, something for us to ponder, and I don't think that we should get into a deep dive now, but. Do you think eventually people will tire of a lack of human interaction? Do you think that there might be a time when an office sees an influx? Do you think it might swing the other way in the coming years? You know, I think, believe it or not, there are two factors that will determine the outcome of that. And I Mm -hmm. I don't have a prediction because I think one of the biggest factors is going to depend Uh, on technology and how it's accepted over the next year, Mm -hmm. I do think the augmented reality will either keep that from happening or if it's not properly executed, yes, we'll see an influx. If the augmented reality, the using that type of technology to do the 3D zooms and the office visits, if that is broadly accepted, I do not think we'll see an influx in office space. If people just don't like it or the technology moves too slowly, then yes, I think more people will want to get back into the office because there are people that just prefer human human interaction yep. and there are people that need it to be at their best. It does need to be an option if you want to be able to put together the best teams and get the test the best talent out there. Part of diversity in the future is going to be in person versus remote. Hmm. So that that's going to be a whole future, another future subgenre of this <laughs> topic. So with that being said, I hope that ruffled a couple feathers and people strongly disagree with me. So yeah. let's leave on that note. And uh, Hannah, let's just leave it at this. Let's put the human back in human resources. <laughs> and I hope to see you on the beach soon. Okay. Take care.